now tuned in to the cold hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea. Piping hot, so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via WhatsApp at 324-1612. Email tips at caymanmorrowroad.com. Now, here's your host, Sandy Hill, broadcasting live from the beautiful Cayman Islands. Cowbell Actually, angle? Kai angle. I <laughs> Mannheim Steamroller, the little drummer boy. I like it. It's part of Kiss Miss on 106.1 Kiss FM. It is brought to you by CG Brick K. 
And we are Blake and Aaron. Time mm-hmm. is 7.25 right now. Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Aaron's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? Morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? We are good. Awesome. Yep. Yep. Doing great. What's happening? Good morning, everybody out there. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Peaceful Tuesday. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. It's about to get real. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I have something. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm playing with my holiday overlays to see which one actually works, by the way. Okay. So you're going to see something super exciting here in a minute. But, um, yeah, the Christmas tree, the top of the Christmas tree. That would be funny. Sandra's head at the top of the Christmas tree. There you go. Yes. Look at that one. Boom. Ooh, it's presents. That's pretty cool. <laughs> you see it there? Look, it's snowing oh, in the camera. Oh, oh, that's cool. No, I like it. Amazing. I like it. Absolutely. Got Oh, cool. cool. Now, for those who are listening on the radio, they don't see that, but it's you're yeah. doing some effects on your, on yes. your screen. We're looking at each other. Absolutely. I would like some so it, was a, it was a very interesting day in court yesterday. Okay. What happened? Um, well, a lot happened, actually. Um, Mr. Mike Adam and his family were in court, and uh, they were being sentenced for common assault. Um, you know, is this like a road thing? Yes, yes. Okay. This is a road dispute. It's not even a road yet because government has to complete the job. But this is um, a right of access way that has been there for 45 years. And mm. uh, as Kim Annans would say, Johnny, come lately. Uh, neighbor wants to change that right of access um, to benefit his own singular property. And, you know, you can't just do that. So um, they f- tempers have flared over the past five years. Uh, somebody flipped his hat or something and they all end up in court. Um, and so common assault on the very low end and um, nothing recorded, no conviction recorded. Okay. So the judge said, get help people <laughs> mediation like, sort out yeah yeah well, it sucks when you live next door to someone you're having a conflict oh, with huh? absolutely right? like- worst thing in the world i think because you know it, every time you go home you, you you're like what today or you know it's got to be very stressful for all involved i think hmm. um so you know hopefully can't we all just get along i know oh. right no yeah move on uh, with your life i just hopefully, hopefully tis the, the season way. For yeah. some love and joy for everyone. Well, hopefully they also can see in court yesterday, <laughs> there was a young couple who appeared, um, well, she, the young lady was young, but appeared on gun-related charges. Uh, 24-year-old uh, Talia Barnes mm. and her, um, I think it's her boyfriend, uh, Marcus Steve Manderson, 33 years old. And so the two of them appeared in summary court. They were arrested on um, last week, on Thursday, charged on Saturday for possession of an unlicensed firearm and possession wow. of an unlicensed uh, firearm, um, like the ammunition as well. Yeah. So yeah, some very serious charges. And- um, Not yeah. worth it, people. What's the point of that? What's the point? Yes. Of what, yeah. having or a Just gun? having a firearm that's unlicensed. Go to the gun club and get licensed. It's not about it. Well, normally the people who uh, go to the gun club can actually get a license. Yeah. (laughs) And then the people that don't probably can't get one. I mean, Uh, a lot of people don't know that. You can actually 
own a firearm well, in mean, the there, Cayman Islands. But there is a strict protocol yes, to there getting is. there. And that's why some of these people, because they will not be able to get there because mm-hmm. of the background checks. I understand. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, a lot of people um, just want to do whatever they want to do. Yeah, I um, mean. And that cannot, obviously that can't be the case. It's just, yeah, I don't know. Not bright. So, not, not not smart to be messing around with that stuff. So are we any closer to your Cayman Brack story? Um, Not not quite. Not quite? I, need to, okay. I need to double check with the client on certain things. All right. Okay. Well, yeah. how about this? Aaron's Sorry. got something. So Ooh. now that they've changed the whole rules for 24-hour testing before you arrive here, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, my, my parents are coming on mm-hmm. Saturday. Mom and Paul. Mom and Paul. Sorry. Not, not mom my and Paul. Stepdad. Pa. Yeah. <laughs> mom so, and pa. Paul and Paula are coming. I shouldn't say their names now. I'm, I might annoy someone and they'll put no. them on a blacklist. No, they won't. No. So, I'm trying my hardest now. My mom's freaking out because she's like, no, I can't find anywhere that will get me a test within 24 hours. So, they leave Saturday. They have yeah. to get the test done on Friday. Now, they're freaking out thinking it had to be because they fly out of Tampa at three. So, they're trying to organize their tests at three. So, it is. 24 hours before they fly to Kema. Like, no, 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 no. I talked to someone at travel time and they said it just has to be the day before. Right, Sandy? Well, 24 hours would include, you know, up to the day before. Well, they that's the thing. They travel. They have to be at the airport on Saturday morning, 5 a.m. for their flight at 7 a.m., which means they need to get it done very early on Friday morning mm-hmm. if they have any glimmer of hope of even receiving those test results before they get to the gate in Tampa. Yeah. Now, this is the other thing. I am on Saturday. Yeah. So I called around to a plethora of places in Boise, Idaho. Idaho (laughs) barely even acknowledges that COVID is a real thing. Um, So I'm going around trying to find, and everyone laughed in my face. No one really knows what lateral flow tests. And these are people that administer these tests. So I've, anyway, (laughs) in the end, I'm like, I, I called travel time like three times yesterday. I just was so, and then one person told me to call airports because they'll do testing at airports. They don't do testing at airports. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not that like, Tampa didn't do it, but Boise was helpful. And they did say the airport did say there's one place. So I think I figured out, but this is what I'm having to do because there is one place, but it's $300 a person That's to get, crazy. to get express PCR tests in the U S yes. Which yeah. is ridiculous. You cannot be asking people to t- spend all this money flying here and blow $600 on one test just so they get See, it in I think, time. I think we're actually ahead of the curve here in Cayman. You can get a test uh, same day. Yeah, someone has just made the point. <clears throat> Sorry, one of our avid listeners said in the U.S. they're calling it an antigen test. So maybe you're just asking for the wrong nope, thing. No, I asked all. I said everything. It's The thing is, is it just depends state to state. Idaho is not one of those states that really, they, they've made it difficult for people to just, you know, mm go about taking care of their own, like, you know, they, they not only do they not want to take the vaccine, they don't want you to take the vaccine. Kind of so thing. And it's kind of, yeah, so it's kind of like some of those people, obviously not everyone there, because I'm from Idaho yeah. and I'm very liberal. Anyway, but I digress. So what? let's move on. You're liberal? <laughs> no, no one would know that. Oh, come on. So, uh, yeah, so anyway, <laughs> anyway, so I'm just trying to figure this out. So what my, what they are having to do now is they're doing a test in the morning at like the Walgreens, which they said, they could get it back in 24 hours, possibly, but it's never, never for sure. Then they have another one in the afternoon at a place that says that they can walk out with the test results, which I'm assuming that's the ad- antigen. Um, so they are going to do two COVID tests in one day. And how Just, much? Is I it still 300 bucks? I think Medicare will care. Uh, their, Urgent or care. Medicaid. What's the or, one? No, Medicare is what 
calls on now. Okay. Yeah, so I, that will cover one of them. I don't know about the urgent care. I don't know how much it's going to cost, but it's like just to get, at least if you get two different sets of results in, hopefully they're back by the time you travel and then, you know, you're wow. secure. But I mean, it's just, it's very, 24 hours is a lot of pressure and it's very hard to do. And so I really just, you know, want people out there to understand that it's, it, yesterday was painful. I mean, my mom was like having breakdowns thinking she's not going to get on the plane. I'm trying to calm her down while I'm also having a breakdown on the phone with travel time. And so I'm just, anyway, it's very stressful, especially right before Christmas when you haven't seen your family for over two years almost. It's like, it's just not, it's just not fair. Mm. Yeah. And it's, and then you want them to come here and then start testing too. I get testing, but it's just 24 hours is really, really hard. Yeah. It's hard for if, if, it's, if, you if you're know, in a place where they don't do it yeah. in 24 yeah. hours. Yeah. What if they lived in the middle of nowhere and like they really, you know, and mm. traveling well, and travel time to the other place is 12 hours in a car? Ho hopefully, um, I mean, unfortunately, this is, this is what it is. Yesterday, Trinidad reported its first case of the Omicron variant. So it's getting ever closer. And the UK reported its first death from an Omicron positive individual. So I think- um, With Omicron, you know, not from Omicron, right? Sorry. Mm -hmm. With um, Omicron or from Omicron? I didn't quite get that question, Aaron, sorry. sorry. With Omicron or from Omicron? Um, I'll double check there's the a details, big difference. But... Yeah, because there's a big difference between the two. So here's the thing on uh, Omicron. Uh, the variant is substantially more contagious and reduces the effectiveness of the COVID-19 vaccines. Yeah. Um, this is new information coming out of South Africa. Uh, the variant, uh, they say, Om Omicron accounts for 90% of the COVID-19 cases now in South Africa. So it's yeah. a growing problem in Europe. Um, they've seen it in at least 30 U.S. states, although the Delta variant still dominates the American outbreak. Here's what's interesting. The new study from the from Discovery Health, South Africa's largest private health insurer, uh -huh. shows that two shots of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, which provided over 90% of protection against infection with the original version, is only 33% effective wow. against Omicron. Okay. Now, but now what about Pfizer, with the booster? Now, with the booster, Pfizer says that takes it back up. There you go. So, Do we know uh, back up to what? <laughs> Do we have any idea? Well, to the original um, or to like 60? Let me. Other research from Pfizer suggests that a third booster shot can restore the original levels of protection at least okay. for some period of time. Yeah. So, full vaccination continues yeah. to provide 70% protection against severe disease, which seem to hold up across high risk groups, though it declined somewhat in people over 60 and even more so in those over 70. Mm, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, so I tell you what, uh, you know, unfortunately, this is this is the time that we're living in right now. And I think that we just got to, what can you do? I mean, if, if you're traveling, um, you know, if, if Aaron, like Aaron said, you're in the middle of nowhere. Um, but most people who are in the middle of nowhere are not taking a direct flight. So that's good news because that means that they probably have to fly through a major um, hub. So there might be more access to some testing facilities if they're coming through a major hub. But again, like you said, not, with, not with time frame. My, yeah, like, if, if they go. They have three legs, so they go. They go yeah. Boise, Denver, Denver, and Tampa, and they have short period. They have to basically run, Denver's airport. I don't know if you guys have ever been there, but if mm -hmm. you're flying in from a smaller airport like I Boise, Idaho, mm -hmm. would be you're on the opposite end of of the uh, terminal, and so you've got to 
right. get a get a mile away from that side to the other side. Mm. And then so they have no time there. Then they get to Tampa and they barely have any time. They don't have time to leave the airport, go find a place to test, come back and catch a flight, you know, and they're not going to get yeah. the results back in that time. So honestly, it's just it just would be nice if it couldn't be like maybe Thursday evening that they could do the test. So they have all Friday to possibly get the get the results back and then you know, maybe not so many hours, but maybe all, like it's gonna work maybe out, like Aaron. thirty-five hours. It's gonna work out. It, it is, Aaron. Trust me. It is. Right, listen. Here's something interesting. I, I just want my mom here, guys. I She'll know. be here. Yeah. Um, you remember how you're talking the other day about somebody who said uh, they they had they got COVID, so they need to be vaccinated. Were you mm. saying that the other day? That what? Mm -hmm. They were like, I don't need to get a vaccine. Yes, yeah, vaccine, yeah. Because yeah. I, I I got it already. Yeah, I was I got like, the, please don't talk to me about yeah. this because. So Omicron appears to be able to reinfect people who've had an earlier disease variant. Those infected longer ago with early variants are at a higher risk now of reinfection. Mm -hmm. So there you go. People infected in variant. South oh. What's that? Because of the new variant. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Now here's some good news is that children infected with Omicron, um, there, there's been some, let's see, where, where is it about kids here? Let me find this. That uh, they seem to be uh, resisting Omicron as well. So that is good. Child young children. Good. So that continues. Oh, here we go. Children continue to show a relatively low rate of infection with Omicron as they have with earlier variants, according to the study. So that is good news. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's been pretty much, I mean, kids have had it. You've gone through it, Sandy. I know other children. It's, yeah, it's it's harder on the, on the older you get and the underlying conditions that hopefully you don't just find out about Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, the uh, vaccination clinic opens today at its new location, yeah. and it's twelve thirty to four, and then five thirty to seven thirty p.m. today. Ah, uh, that's good. That's, uh, and, uh, uh, that's uh, don't the forget behind the Foster's Airport. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, McClen McLennan Drive, I think, is what it's mm -hmm. called. And yeah. if you're tr if you are traveling, um, remember now that you're going to be paying for your own test as well. So the government will no longer carry the cost of that. Um, for those of you who are leisure traveling, you might want to add that to your budget. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, that's the other thing. So on top of the money that you're going to spend on the test here, you also have to get an express test back wherever you're coming from if you if you need it within 24 the the one day, 24 mm -hmm. hour time frame. So yeah. that's that's Kinda as much wild. as a, that's as much as a plane ticket. It can be mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. All right, Sandy, uh, that uh, thanks for those headlines, and uh, we'll let you get to your show live on Facebook and YouTube. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, guys, have a good one. All right, you too. All right. Okay, folks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning, good morning. Who do we have tuned in? Ervalyn is here. First one out of the barn. On the cookie click, are you watching on your keyboard, on your phone, Ervalyn, or are you like on a computer? Um, a dust bell, good morning to you. Marshall, good morning. Ervalyn says season's greetings to all. Pleasant good morning to Blake and Aaron. Buenos dias to Miss Elizabeth. Alice, good morning. Chantal, so good to see you. Um, Junior, thank you for tuning in. Miss Lily, sending you lots of love. Uh, Robert has got it locked. Good morning. Good morning. Lavana says one day. So it's one day, not 24 hours. Mm, what's the difference? Um, is one day more than 24 hours? Do explain to me. Because to me, one day is 24 hours before. Mm. 
Chantel says, that's a problem. No one can get a test that fast. There has to be people that, especially with the antigen test, that are able to get it. I mean, if Cayman can do it in a couple hours, surely. Uh, these other jurisdictions with bigger resources and everything can do it. Uh, Virtuous, good morning. Tracy's here. Diamond Princess says, terrific Tuesday morning, everyone. Good morning to the ever lovely Carla. How are you? Marshall says, practically every state here in the U.S., has the Omicron variant. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Siobhan, hello, says loving the Christmas look. So my Christmas border only works when I have a guest on. So we do have some guests coming on at 8.30. So we'll queue it back up then. Um, <clears throat> so yes, uh, that's awesome. Thank you guys so much. So Miss Maria says 24 hours is ridiculous. At least make it 48 since they get tested again as soon as they arrive. Actually, they don't, correct me if I'm wrong here, but they don't get tested on arrival. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to keep up with all of the uh, rules and my gosh, you know, what's happening. So we'll, we'll go through some of those things, I think, today, um, because it does, like, things are constantly changing, right? And so, yeah, there's that difficulty. So the RCIPS, one of their members will be joining us at um, 8.30 today to discuss road safety. And, you know, the RCIPS actually sent out a notice on, I think it was Friday. It was the 8th. It was Friday the 8th. Um, no, that was Wednesday. Was it Wednesday? Uh, basically saying... Um, Oh, yes, they sent out this notice about this video that had been in circulation, basically reminding people that it is an offense to circulate and to share such videos. And um, they also sent out on Friday a reminder, and I think it was like a thank you by extension for all the officers and members of the DPP's office who worked tirelessly to bring Freddy Diaz um, to justice. He's the child porn guy who got convicted last week. And, um, you know, they were, um, uh, sorry, give me one second. They were um, just saying, you know, reminding people once again that those types of things are an offense. In case you, in case you didn't know, um, you know, there's so many reasons why you should never do that. But in case you missed the memo um, of having a good moral fiber, um, then yes. So, yep. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, let me see here. Just having a look at some other bits and pieces. Tracy says if it's positive and they can't fly, they're reimbursed by the airlines. Do all airlines have that policy, by the way? Um, if you're flying from the Philippines and it's over 24 hours, what happens to those that take the flight? Well, this is actually a really good question because somebody asked me this question of the weekend. Um, a Filipino person, Filipino national, said... This is really difficult for us. And I, I totally get it. Trust me. Because some flights are like a day long. So 
I'm assuming though that it's a day before you start the journey as opposed to 24 hours before you land. Cause obviously you can't take the test on the plane, right? Although having thought about this for a minute, these airlines could probably add to their revenue by doing uh, these antigen tests on the flights. What would be involved in that? Cause you're all there. Although no, because most of them are still gonna require a test to get on the flight, right? Are most American airline companies requiring, um, Kevin, are you paying attention this morning? Are most American companies actually requiring a um, test to get on a plane? I know the US last week, uh, we need to look at, oh God, the, the COVID stuff is changing by the minute. Like I'm trying to remember what Biden did. So I think for Biden, both vaccinated and unvaccinated people now have to test. And um, I believe, um, well, I know you have to wear a mask. Did they put anything in, in place for um, testing before you get on the flight? So it might be if you're going through an American airline, I think it's probably a done deal anyway. I don't know specifically what they're going to be doing um, in terms of international travel, because every country has got something, you know, a little bit different. So yesterday evening, England set to drop all 11 countries from the coronavirus travel red list. So that's the latest news um, coming out of the UK. And um, just reading some other headlines, Pfizer says COVID drug offers strong protection and could work against Omicron. So of course, everyone is um, trying to develop a, a pill, something that's a little bit easier to take um, that you can only take in the early stages of a COVID infection. But so far, the results seem to be very, very positive. China reports its first case of Omicron as well. So there's that news. We don't have any confirmed cases in the Cayman Islands yet, but like I said earlier, Trinidad now has its first case. The world reached a landmark yesterday. Did you guys see this article in CMR? Where the world now has, eight, I think it's eight and a half billion people vaccinated. Um, it's a start, but believe it or not, it's, we got a long ways to go, honey. So um, it's not as many as you think, but the great news for local people is we finally reached that 80% that was the target goal of the PAC government. And in fact, it could very well be over 80% because some early figures coming in from the census is that our population may not be that 70,000 plus that we were thinking. So that's good news. It could be 81 or 82% by the time the census is done confirming how many people we have. And of course, you know, the census isn't an exact science because it really um, is dependent on people participating. So in the U.S., they have more than 50 million total coronavirus cases. Wow. Sad situation. Oh, God, the pictures and stuff that they show. 
Um, here's a photo of Terry Richards. He's 66 years old. Let me show you guys this. It's really heart-wrenching. And I, I keep saying this because I think that, um, good morning, Miss Sue and Sonia, that we have been so far removed from the effects of the coronavirus, right? Only recently have we had, you know, a few people die, but look at this couple. Isn't this sad? Um, he's 66 years old. Terry Reynolds is his name. And uh, poor Terry is um, sitting at the bedside of his wife. No doubt they've probably been married for donkey years. Carolyn, she's 69 and in the South Seven Intensive Care Unit at North Memorial Hospital in Minnesota. They're both unvaccinated against the coronavirus. Mm -mm -mm. Hate to say it, but she probably doesn't look like she's gonna make it out of there. My goodness. And chances are he'd probably catch it too, poor thing. So the total number of known coronavirus cases in the United States surpassed 50 million on Monday. This is according to the New York Times database. Um, here's something they make an interesting point. 50 million can be a difficult number to grasp. It's more than the combined populations of Georgia, Michigan, Michigan, <laughs> North Carolina, and Ohio. It's more than the entire population of Spain. And it's nearly 18 times the number of dollars an American college student can expect to earn in a lifetime. Well, definitely, we know that much. And I'm earning those kind of coins around here. Uh, but is that not crazy? Wow. Uh, uh, uh. What a hot mess. Jared, I see you. Just give me a minute. Um, and, and they all say that it's actually a substantial undercount of cases since most infected people have, so since, sorry, not most, but many infected people have no symptoms or mistake them for some other illness and not everyone gets tested. So to say nothing of the huge shortage of available tests in the early weeks of the pandemic. True. Daily reports of new cases, which fell steadily in the early autumn, have been rising sharply in the last few weeks as the prevalent Delta variant continues to spread, especially in the Midwest, Southwest, and New England. And of course, much remains unknown about the worrisome new Omicron variant. Hospitalizations and deaths have started to rise as well says the experts, right before the holidays and winter weather. So um, they say the increases and Omicron may have helped prompt more vaccinations because more than one quarter of the population has, but more than one, one quarter of the population has still not received even one dose and about 61% are fully vaccinated. So the U.S. really isn't um, a good example. Over 796 people in the U.S. have died, more than that. Again, a toll unfathomable to most Americans when the pandemic began. Mm -mm -mm. That's also a lot of people. So they're pushing the million million number mark. Um, it's crazy. Look at this poor little couple. What a mess.
Uh, Kimanian messaged me today to say that her mummy um, is in the hospital from COVID here in Cayman. She is uh, in her 70s, I believe, unvaccinated. And 72 years old, unvaccinated. She's in isolation and they're treating her for clots on her lungs, which is one of the things you'll get from COVID. So, so far she's doing okay in terms of saturation level. So she doesn't need us any supplemental oxygen. Um, and when I said, well, why isn't she vaccinated this person? <laughs> I won't say what they say. I mean, it wasn't that mean. This person's obviously family, but um, she's, they basically said that she doesn't have a real reason that makes any kind of sense. And this is so frustrating and unnecessary. Mm -mm. Mm -mm -mm. Wow. So they say new tech, get the J&J, &J. not fully tested. Millions are not dead and it's more than a year. Uh, then she says, leave me alone. I'm not doing it. And the Lord knows why I have good reasons. So um, this family member said they just stopped fighting her and life is too short. So uh, she's so plugged into the religious and other outlets that send out poor messaging. The churches don't have a, a good reputation for um, getting people to get vaccinated, which is unfortunate. I, I heard that there's a church and I think it's a church in Swamp that tells people to get lateral flow tested every week before coming to church but then they send an anti-vaccination message. And I think to myself, what is wrong with you people? Oh, just get lateral flow tested. We want to know if you get COVID, but don't take the vaccine to give yourself any kind of protection. Aliano, Sonia, um, Tracy says if it's mandatory, it should be free. What's that? If what's mandatory? Uh, to get a COVID test, but it's not mandatory for people to travel. So the, I think their stark reality is um, the government has spent millions of dollars on the COVID situation and the government doesn't have that kind of money to keep pumping into it. So I think people can find money for an airline ticket. They can go on vacations. And I think I shared the story with you guys yes, um, maybe last week that I had someone messaging me, ask me for the vaccine um, schedule. And I know this person has, I believe she has lupus and high blood pressure and diabetes and all kind of stuff. And I was like, girl, you're not vaccinated. And she was like, oh yeah, I need to get it done. Plus I need to travel soon. So your reason for getting vaccinated is you wanna take a friggin' shopping trip to Miami or maybe she needs medical care, which I guess she hasn't gotten in two years, I don't know. But regardless, I'm like, so a shopping trip has motivated you to get vaccinated and not the right reasons? Uh -uh. Sky, good morning. Good morning, Catherine. Miss Rita, buenos dias. Roderick is here. Jared says different countries aren't doing antigen tests. They're specifically asking for PCR testing. Well, I don't know. Like I said, you, you've got to... Um, if you're going to travel, you have to know that, you know, a lot is, is subject to change. So even in the UK, folks, um, let me see what they're doing, because they started something. Has, have they started their new um, testing regime as yet? So they were doing something starting, 
want to say yesterday, but I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I'm going to double check. Um, let me just double check what their COVID response has been. Yeah, but they, they've also been changing a few things as it relates to COVID. So um, let's bring Jared in while I'm looking for that. Lots of news has been happening. There was that huge tornado over the weekend. Good morning, Jared. Morning, morning, morning. Nice to see you. What's up? Let I'm it doing... snow. Let it snow. Hold <laughs> on. Let's bring on some snow while you're here. Look at that. Woo! Yeah. So the thing that I want to bring up is the, the reduction in time from the 72 hours to 24 hours, which takes uh -huh. effect on December the 17th, 2021. Yes. Um, it, it's not a question, but, you know, what, why shorten it? Is it to kind of like mitigate people from traveling, um, so to speak? Because for people who are, you know, in Northern America, um we we all know no flight is under 24 hours to be honest so if you're traveling let's say december the 19th you probably won't get into cayman until like um the 20th of december so if it was 36 hours at least or you know if, if there's more flexibility with 36 hours more could be done as for 24 hours because then the person is going to have to get an additional test right and so it 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 is what it is but whoever gave the advice i guess had good reason but it it's kind of restricting people a bit for those who want to return home for the holidays see family um things like that so that isn't something that is really exciting for me but it is what it is at the end of the day and also um to that not not every country is doing i guess antigen testing that's how cayman is doing it. it it's understandable if you're doing it within cayman however if you are traveling internationally airlines like american airlines air canada um westjet british airways and the rest they're, they're asking for um pcr test which is so it's a fancy name for polymer something something yeah but not no antigen testing. And you have to ensure that you get you get the results for that prior to the flight. So there's a there's a lot of hurdles that you have to navigate at the end of the day when when trying to travel. Yes, um, without a doubt, uh, Jared, this is one of the difficult things right now, which personally, I am not about uh, doing any non-essential travel and for me non-essential means um you know if it's not an emergency basically i'm not going anywhere um you know because there, there's there's just so much it, it's just crazy it's just crazy long lines at the airport security um you know there, there are people who want to go back to normal very very quickly so they want to be able to jump in a plane shop in miami in the morning come back that night that kind of thing really isn't possible at the moment i would say mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so i think people need to know yes you travel is is freer and you can certainly go and visit family and friends but there are certain restrictions that are going to be put in place um that you have to deal with and here's the thing jared anything can happen when you travel and anything can change so say for example even though you get that 24-hour test you come in you test negative 
when you get here within say day, day five, day two and five, whatever, it's entirely possible for you to test positive. Okay. And then you might be stuck in a country for a couple of weeks. So yeah. make sure you think about all of the potential um, outcomes of traveling and getting stuck somewhere. So Lavana does a good job of explaining the difference. She says the 24 hours um, that we that I'm thinking is more restrictive. Um, if you take the test, for example, at 10 a.m. before um, it's up 10 a.m. the next day, one day doesn't matter uh, what time you took it, if that makes any sense. So if the flight is at five. So I just listened to your voice note as well, Lavana, and I do get what you're saying. So basically she's saying that, listen, if you took it at, at 10 in the morning, and then the following day, your flight is at three or five o'clock. That's still considered one day, um, which technically it's not within the 24 hours. So you still have um, you still have the ability to travel without an issue. And I've got another listener um, from the ministry who's also saying, just to be clear, it's not 24 hours before traveling. It is one day. And that's an important difference. So hopefully uh, we've explained that. And I think that's good to know because I'm, I'm just trying to clarify. Well, they, they should have outlined that specifically because not everybody reads their cabinet reports, which is why there's a lot of information floating around. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just double check actually the article that we put up because I want to make sure that that point. Also, you said you had your little fancy people, yeah, them police come in. I had a series of questions for them because the, their report is in, in well, in terms of the questions that I Well, have. they're only here, to be clear now, today is road safety. So these are not probably <laughs> the, these are not going to well, be the people that you need to be asking questions of, which are the, well, the management and the RCA. Yeah, these well, are the you know, it, it, it's very interesting because I did see when, when, when my, that commissioner had to show up and he was talking about resources and money and that's mm -hmm. all nice and well but i do know they give money to um the rcips every year however there still seems to be spikes and accidents happening every week which is concerning <clears throat> it, it doesn't look good if yes yeah people who aren't being shot but your, your likelihood of being in an accident is like a higher we, we need to combat that and the the yeah. excuse of saying not enough people, not enough resources, it, it doesn't work. We need to understand what. Well, the how do you? Um, I mean, they're, they're coming on um, within half an hour. Let, let me just read a few more comments before I ask you a question about that. Pablo says, with limited air uh, lift, it's not possible to arrive here from Probably. around the region, most of North America, without an overnight stay in Miami. That's true. Most layer layovers are 16, 16 to, 20 to 20 hours. hours. It's not possible to get a 12-hour layover. Yes. Tracy makes the point, but if you're in transit and you're taking multiple flights, you're exposed, which is a so good you, point. Yeah, yeah. So do you need multiple tests? Better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. I mean, I guess you, you walk around with your own lateral flow test as well. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and that's why I think they have the lateral flow testing procedure in place, <clears throat> knowing that there's still that possibility that you could come in negative at the onset and then you know by day three or four you actually develop covid mm -hmm. you would have already had it but uh so sue makes the point that's costing money yes it is i mean i've got a stack of lateral flow tests here that i purchased when somebody had a sale um i'm not using any right now but i stocked up just in case you know when the price is good buy about 50 of those things 
Good morning, uh, Cecil. So good to see you. Thank you so much. Says, keep up the wonderful work. Uh, Miss Sue says, my hubby and I are older and we're very lucky. I think she's talking about that couple there. Um, you don't give yourself a fighting chance if you don't get vaccinated, though. I mean, people, come on at this point. Um, I think the numbers are very, very clear that vaccination um, helps significantly. Some 90-something percent of people in the hospital are unvaccinated, and the people who are dying, except for one person, have all been unvaccinated. So keep that in mind. And what killed that person wasn't COVID. That was cancer, you know, so... Um, <clears throat> Marshall says a lot of people are still, a lot of older people are still unvaccinated and they tend to be Republicans. Don't die over politics, folks. It's not worth it. Uh, Tracy says my family just, oh, sorry. Sue says to Tracy, my family just came from the UK again. Um, their sons are here and it's a big money making business. Well, you know, it's, it's costing, um, let me say this in terms of everything COVID related. It's costing money to do everything in relation to COVID. So the airlines have an added ex expense. Governments have an added expense. So I think that for people to not recognize that this will have a trickle down effect on them is probably not entirely uh, realistic, you know? Um, and that's why everybody who says to me, oh, you know, this whole COVID thing was a conspiracy. Da -da -da -da. I'm like, well, what's the conspiracy? Killing off the populations of the world for no good reason? Um, you know, making us all pay for this through our governments for like no good reason. This can't be a situation where the drug manufacturers develop COVID because everyone is suffering on a whole because of this whole situation. Um, so Lavana says that she agrees with charging people who want to travel, make it free for a person traveling for medical treatment. Yes, I think if it's an essential travel situation, then that might be different. Good morning, Ms. Kay. Um, thank you so much. Leslie Maria says, I thought the government said that the vaccines were a gift from England, no cost. Well, it's not the vaccines they're going to charge you for, it's testing. So if you travel, um, you'll be tested. But let me address that question. No cost to us. <laughs> There's always a cost somewhere down the pipeline. So someone, Maria, is paying for the vaccines. They don't come for free. Pfizer is not in the business of giving stuff away for free. Um, they may make it affordable, but everything comes at a cost, folks. Somebody's going to pay for it. And when your government is paying for it, you don't see the immediate cost of it. But allow me to reassure you that that cost will trickle down to you, the people, when you pay taxes or something else. So let's just take a quick commercial break. Jared, hang tight. We'll be right back after these messages. Looking for the perfect gift for your loved ones? Why not give them the gift of Reliable Supplies? That's right. Reliable Supplies offers beautiful custom gift baskets with the products of your choice. We carry a wide range of cleaning and disinfecting products and gift certificates to fill your Christmas gift baskets. Gift certificates are ideal for any of our products or cleaning and industrial services. The perfect gift for your loved ones is the perfect gift from Reliable Supplies. Custom gift baskets with your favorite reliable products. Contact Reliable Supplies for your gift baskets and gift certificates for the holiday season at 949-9303 or visit us at 313 Compass Drive, conveniently located off North Sound Road.
folks. Um, big shout out to Prodigy Jewelers because guess what? Today is David's birthday. Happy birthday to David Ebanks, the uh, owner of Prodigy Designs, Jewelry Designs and Repairs. Over 30 years, this man has been uh, in business and crafting, or I should say, perfecting his craft. And man, he makes some beautiful pieces. So this was the day that he called me um, and said, I got a little something for you. Come and see me. And anytime David says that to me, I get excited because uh, every lady in your life likes a little jewelry here and there. So David custom made, you guys might, might remember this, but he custom made this beautiful CMR pendant for me. Oh my gosh, it is so gorgeous. I even like don't want to wear it because it's like so special, right? I always wear, as you guys see, my coat of arms. I mean, the coat of arms is really dear, near and dear to my heart, probably more than CMR because that's like country first, right? But um, yes, it is David's birthday today. I promised him I wouldn't tell anybody how, how young he is, um, but still young and spry. So happy birthday. If you see David, if you've got him on Facebook, send him a big shout out on WhatsApp. Uh, let him know that you saw his birthday greeting in CMR this morning. And uh, we're wishing him many, many, many more to come. So, um, Jared, you're still there. Um, good morning to Miss Anna. Yes, I'm still here, Sunday. Um, Jean Scott says you can get rapid flow tests to go to um, Cayman Brack and Little Cayman. Um, so, Lavana says, why, why is it a problem when Cayman changes it to one day and the U.S. is doing it in other places as well? I don't hear anyone complaining. Well, they might be complaining, but nobody cares. Nobody's listening to them, <laughs> is the bottom line. When Americans start complaining, their president is like, yeah, I'll get with it. Just do it. Uh, vaccines are still free and provided by the UK, Philip reminds us. Tests for non-essential travel have to be paid for. The government pays for these, not free from the UK. Yeah. Uh, and remember, we have just spent a considerable amount of money even on trying to get lateral flow tests to provide to school-aged children, which continue to be free. Folks, millions of dollars have now been spent on lateral flow tests. So you've got to understand. I keep telling you all, there's no such thing as a free meal. I don't know. I don't know where you grew up. Your mama told you she feed me for free. Um, she, she had expectations of you. She might've been feeding you and not saying, give me $5 for this meal, but she still expected you to go to school, to do your best. Cause one day, you know, you're going to be becoming a productive member of society and all these other things. That's why your parents invest in you. So if anyone might give you something to, for free, maybe it's your parents. I don't know. Um, so Tracy says in other countries, drunk driving is a federal offense. Oh yeah. So we'll get to road safety and stuff here in a minute. We do have our guests that are coming on. Nald says, I think the LFT, if you would take it by yourself, won't be accepted because of her regulations. Yes. So there are registered centers, folks. And um, I think there's a list of them. For example, Total Health um, on West Bay Road. I think they're one of the only in that sort of further out West Bay corridor. So if you're here visiting and you're living on, um, you know, San La Beach area, West Bay, West Bay Road, go and check them out. Tell them Sandy said hi. Um, so yeah, it's not the home lateral flow test that they're going to be accepting from you. And Lavana says, if you want to travel, you follow the, it's like any other travel rules as far as I'm concerned, which have changed from time to time. Listen, post 9-11, 
travel rules changed a lot. We were really, really inconvenienced. Um, over the weekend, because I haven't traveled in a minute, when I was in Cayman Brac for that, you know, 45 minutes, I said, um, okay, I had a Pepsi, which I wasn't really supposed to be drinking, but I was going to sneak a little Pepsi in the afternoon. And um, I was trying to go through security, but I didn't open it. So I'm thinking, oh, but it's not open, you know, surely it's safe. Like, how am I going to inject a bomb in a Pepsi? And they were like, no, you can't take that with you through security. I was like, what? I thought it was just open containers. And then they're like, no, but I couldn't remember because it's been a minute, right? So uh, I sat down, cranked open my Pepsi, and I said, how many minutes I got? All right, I'm going to draw my Pepsi and my burger that I had to wait 25 minutes for. Um, so <laughs> Nicholas says, as long as you can take the test the day before you travel, it doesn't matter what time. Good. So I think we're all crystal clear on that. Uh, we, we, any news on the vaccine for the younger ones? Not in Cayman as yet. Um, so Levana reminds us that government has been paying the bill. Everywhere is charging. Only Cayman has been free for all this time and it has to stop. We're going to feel it in the end. Trust me. And most persons traveling are not Caymanians. Well, actually, not quite, you know. Let me get you guys some figures um, from last week. So these are dated a little bit. I meant to do an article on this because I think it's interesting to know who's traveling. Um, so as of, this is a FOI question that I sent in last week. So let me just see here now. Um, when did I get this information? I think Miss Martha sent this to me. So this was Miss Martha. She's like the FOI person for um, for Customs and Border Control, and they're the ones who actually keep track of this. The numbers are kind of interesting since stage stage four reopening. So basically, um, oh God, where is it? Oh, right. So for the period of November the 20th through the end of November, so it's a, it is a little bit dated. You know, they need time to put their figures together. Uh, who were travelers? Residents accounted for 2,276 persons traveled. And visitors only accounted for 1,596. And a visitor is defined as a tourist person visiting family or persons who may have property here, international students and persons here on short business trips. So in actuality, the residents were outpacing. I mean, I don't know if that's been updated in the last week and a half, but the residents have been outpacing everybody else in terms of travel. So that's kind of interesting. Um, you know, y'all look like you were cooped up and happy to jump in a plane, finally. So yes, happy birthday to David. Now, um, Jared, stick a pin. Sophia, I don't understand that message. I don't know if that was meant for us or not, or if you're in the wrong convo. But uh, I got a little nugget this morning about a politician um, who has purchased a piece of property. And when I looked at the at the purchase, I thought to myself, mm, this looks awfully interesting. So let me show you all this um, purchase, this piece of purchase, this land. 
Because I always think to myself, when you're a politician, there's probably certain things that you shouldn't do. And, um, you know, you don't, it's like when you go to court, the court always says, come, come to, come to court with clean hands, right? So in other words, you don't lie to the court, you don't make stuff up, um, you know, you should, you should be honest, you should have an honest intent, and so on. And when you don't, and the court finds out that you don't, it's kind of like the John Felder situation, his hands were not clean at all. And his lawyers made, they say it was a mistake, but procedurally they did certain things wrong and the court went, mm-mm. You can't get, what, what's, what's that quote, Jared, about ill-gotten fruit, um, the, the, the seed of your fruit or whatever, you know? I don't know the quote off of the top of my head. You know, but you know which one I mean, right? So you can't, yeah. you can't get, you can't bear the fruit of ill-gotten gain or whatever that saying is. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, yes. So in other words, you know, you can't enjoy good things out of something bad that you did. That, that is normally just not acceptable in the world, right? Um, and I think that politicians in particular should be really, really mindful of the things that they do in their tenure because they have access to information that maybe a lot of us don't have. And I'm going to show you what I mean here in a second. And when they make certain decisions, they invest in certain businesses, they take on certain like business partners, they buy property, um, all these things, you know, always raise a bit of a, um, it's kind of like insider trading, but on the political level, right? It always raises a bit of a red flag. So tell me, Jared, have a look at this. This is a map of a piece of property that is owned by none other than Alden McNee McLaughlin. Parcel 58A25. Now it looks like a, a decent piece of land too, I must say. And you see where it says Frank Sound Road Okay, and this is going to run along part of the east-west arterial, the extension of the east-west arterial highway. Now, Jared, you got to give me your opinion on this because here's the next slide Mm -hmm. that I'm going to bring up. When do you think this property was purchased? Uh, I think it was probably recently. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, you wouldn't be talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) So here we go. Look, yeah. Uh, purchased July of 2020. What is this all about? Uh-uh-uh. That's very recent. That's just last year, a couple months ago. Ah, uh, this, this, this kind of makes my, this makes the skin, not the skin, but the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Because I'm thinking, mm, you're purchasing property and what will be what you know because of extensions that government has approved and the, the, the exact location of that east-west arterial, you know that the value in this property is going to quadruple in no time at all. So you have that bit of insider information. So you grab up some property um, so you can either flip it and make a good return on your money or you're going to be um, doing like a former political colleague of yours um, actually, you know, throw up some nice apartments and what will be an extremely uh, lucrative area now because everybody's going to want to live close to that bypass. Does this make you uncomfortable at all, Jared, or you think this is much to do about nothing? I, I think it has uh, much to do with nothing. However, it is uh, quite 
um what's the what's the word it, it just looks very convenient for the time but you know to be fair you know he did put in eight years of service and so you know, so he can re he can rape the country because he put in eight years of service. No, I I think you know I can't I can't speak for the honorable member from Red Bay, but you know he he can do what he want with his money as as long as it you know doesn't cause any demise in my opinion. Um, everybody's everybody's free to buy their own property. Um, so you think? Let me ask you this question, and we're gonna be um bringing in our guests here shortly. I see them in the back studio, so we'll give them a few minutes. Um, do you think that um, if I'm a politician and I know certain things, certain government plans, right? Mm -hmm. um, say, for example, I knew government was going to introduce lateral flow testing as mandatory, whatever, and I run out and become a partner in lateral flow tests. Do you think that that would be okay? I, I think it looks a bit suspicious. However, I would say it's not any different from um, Speaker Pelosi, who, who buys a bunch of stocks and and is the speaker of the United States Congress, but the, the politicians are no, but if she, so. if she was in a position to be making decisions about um, those stocks, that would be what's defined as insider trading. She'd go to jail for that. True, but she, she is privy to the meetings as to what would go on. Because if you look at how she buys the stocks or whatever, it is really close to okay when the market is doing really good and when it's not doing bad, two separate situations. But in this case, with, with the honorable member from Red Bay, you know, it would have to be a question, you know, I think, you know, Miss Sandy, you know, politicians, they do work hard. We, we have to give them that, you know, they do have yeah, lives. They also get paid I, handsomely. Let's yeah, I mean, yeah, it's they're true. working hard, but they're not working for free. That's true. And it, 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 seems and it does come with certain benefits and perks but this would be a question for um premier panton to say okay well you know should there should there be certain guidelines for when politicians come into office and saying that you know they can buy property if it had to because he's going to have to declare this um in 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 the house of parliament as a matter of fact because each member of parliament has to declare certain things that they have so it it will have to uh, be recorded but in terms of saying should politicians be allowed to buy property or based well, off for, certain for decisions me it's not a question of should they be allowed to buy property but this does raise my eyebrow um given the location of the property and what we know oh. is happening um in that area so so um, this road here is where the um west arterial is supposed ooh, to be running yes along. honey child because mm -hmm. I was looking at it differently. Still yeah. in the but, but listen, yeah. I think I think the bottom line is this, Jared. Um, and we're gonna let you go unless you want to stay on with the road safety folks. No, I have I I'm here with the road safety people. Oh, you, you have some questions for road safety. <laughs> All yeah. right. So I think the truth of the matter is, um, Jared, you know, politicians have access to a lot of things, um, including uh, information of certain things that are coming down the pipeline. And I think they should always work extra hard to keep their hands clean because the very nature of politics yeah, means that dirty. you can get your hands dirty. And there's so many temptations and we see that happening right here in the Cayman Islands. You know, there's a few um, ex-politicians who, you know, if you listen to what the streets have to say about them, they actually have a reputation for um, having their hands out when a deal is going to get inked. They're like, I need some kickback money. 
um, you know, to put in the bank or to invest in other things. And they start up all sorts of businesses. That's like when they come out of politics, they then become consultants, consultants. And the, the yeah, so, like, yeah, I think, now. I think you were you working know. hard and being a politician came out as one thing, mm-hmm. but it doesn't give you access to be, um, to spend the rest of your life being cushy and hardly working you know like- yeah and i think there would be good legislation to say when you leave office the information that you have been provided with cannot be used for your personal gain i think a lot not even would- when you leave office that should be what when you're in office as well you shouldn't be able to use insider information to benefit financially but anyway yeah just my thoughts on it no i i, I see what you're saying i see what you're saying it, look fisher fisher so Marshall says not all of them work hard and they still get a hefty salary. That's true. Andrew's opinion is um, the road will benefit GCM for the better and worse. And something is fishy, uh, just like everything in the Cayman Islands. Not everything is fishy. Um, so Miss Wattler, who is he to you? Which Miss Wattler? I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, Nicholas says much to do, but nothing. Question mark. Mm, mm-mm. Uh, CC says that's what the raise was for to pay for that new piece of land. I don't know. Um, okay. All right. So folks, we have road safety. We're waiting on the RCAPS rep to join us in the back studio. Um, so why don't we in the interim, just take a little commercial break because of course our corporate sponsors make this show uh, possible. So big shout out to, um, oh, by the way, I have an update for you guys. Remember yesterday? We were talking about the baby that was left um, in the vehicle. So I did reach out to the RCIPS, RCIPS inquire and what the situation was there. And they said that she has been warned. So she's received a warning. And apparently there is a, uh, this was their wording, which I did send a clarifying email. They said that um, the mother was issued a warning and a joint agency response has been put in place which is now RCIPS and DCFS. So I don't know what a joint agency response actually means. Does that mean that someone is going to be checking in on the welfare of this mother and child on a regular basis to make sure that she's coping okay and that everything is you know, okay with the child? I'm not really sure. But then we got this um, video yesterday about the health and safety of our children. Timely indeed. So let's have a quick look at this video. day, my staff and I work hard to ensure the health and safety of every child entrusted within our care during these extraordinary times. In so doing, we continue to adapt to changing circumstances. Implement the safety protocols outlined in the COVID-19 guidance for educational institutions and follow the advice of our public health officials. I realize that the recent COVID-19 cases in our school have heightened your concerns about your children's safety, and rightfully so. As such, I welcome your continued partnership as we work to ensure the health and safety of our school community. I urge you, talk with your children about physical distancing, proper hand washing, and respiratory hygiene, and the other safety measures. And follow the advice of our public health officials, as I'm certain that we can all be more effective together.
Um, so of course the safety of our children should be our primary concern at all levels. And um, there are many, many people who are working hard to ensure that that happens. So sometimes it's, you know, people in the schools, teachers who are alert and paying attention. Other times it is the police, it's the mass unit, uh, it's other agencies. So um, let's do our parts, folks, as parents, because of course the mass unit is a combination of um, more than one government agency working um, really for the safety to try to ensure the safety of children. And also to, you know, make sure that cases that are brought forward are actually um, properly um, prosecuted and so forth. Because it's, it's really important for them to get these types of prosecutions um, under their belt to send a very clear message that certain behavior will not be tolerated. So big shout out um, to Reliable Industries and Home Gas. Tis the season, folks, to do a lot of different things. And um, I'm going to be contacting my East End. People run out of beef already. Hello, if you've been waiting on your Cayman beef, um, let me tell you, don't wait too long. Every year this happens to me though. I feel like every year I'm like, okay, I'm gonna start a little bit earlier. I still got a week and more and they're like, oh, the beef done. The cow is watered, the beef cut up, it's all done. So I have to now go to my Georgetown crew um, to get some beef. So I'm gonna be messaging them a little bit later on today to make sure that I secure my beef. I'm not doing as much in terms of volume of cooking this year because we'll have fewer people over, but we definitely got to have certain key things in a Cayman in Christmas meal and Cayman beef is, is definitely on the list, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes, mm -hmm. child. So I'm talking up on my um, gas tank. You know, hubby already checked it. Make sure we got enough for me to do all my cooking. The worst thing in the world, folks, is to run out of the gas and move cooking. Woo! Mm -mm. Especially on a holiday when you, nobody's coming out to rescue you. Ho, ho, ho. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Don't make it a blue Christmas by delaying on ordering your propane for that Cayman beef and turkey. Be like the three wise men who rode through the night and prepare for the 12 days of Christmas. Hark! Propane makes all the herald angels sing. Feliz Navidad! Contact Home Gas early for your Christmas propane order at 949-7474. Christmas time is about family, caroling, church services, and dirty dishes, cleaning floors, and power washing your house. Don't let the ghost of Christmas chores make you a Scrooge. Call Reliable Industries today for all of your house cleaning needs. Our professional services are perfect for Christmas time to let you forget the hassle of housework and focus on the important things, spending quality time with your family. Reliable Industries offers an array of gold standard residential home services, including professional house cleaning, window washing, pressure washing, HEPA filter cleaning, professional kitchen hood cleaning services, and more. A happy home is a healthy home, and there's no time like the holiday season to make your home the happiest. Don't forget that Reliable offers gift certificates and gift baskets for your loved ones. Call Reliable Industries today at 949-9303 to speak to a customer service rep to book your services. Reliable, serving the community for over 30 years with quality and pride. All right, folks, um, we're going to go ahead and bring the, um, I'm aware that the RCIPS rep isn't here, but we'll start with Marianne. We've got a couple road safety videos that we're going to be talking about. So this time of year, I feel like it's tis the season for traffic accidents and stuff as well. 
it just happens, folks. I mean, more than ever. Uh, we may, you know, theoretically have had fewer people on the roads, but I feel like the accidents just keep rolling on. Um, and it's so incredibly sad to have a situation where there is any sort of loss of life um, leading up to the holiday season. So we've got Miss um, uh, Powery here, our PC um, Officer Powery, who's going to be talking about road safety, as well as Marian Pandui from the NRA, the National Roads Authority. And they're going to be sharing some expert tips with us. So, Jared, I'm just going to pull you out. I know you've got some questions and stuff for these two young ladies, but we'll pull you out and then allow them to come onto the live stream and share some opening comments, and then we'll play some of the videos and go through some of the, the things that you really need to be focused on to keep yourself safe on the roadways. So good morning to Miss Ryan. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. PC Power is also here. Good morning. Hello. Good morning, ladies. Good, good morning. morning to your viewers as well. Absolutely looking fantastic. So do you have any idea, this is sort of a peculiar thing for me, but what happens this time of year that, you know, why do we have an increase in, in car accidents? What's going on? Is it just that there are more people on the road? Are people just so busy out running errands and shopping that it just happens? It's, it's various things, um, unfortunately. Um, it is an increase of people being out on the roads at various times we are aware that um, businesses extend their hours during the christmas season and people are always in a rush to do their last minute shopping because they you know like myself um we didn't start from september october november like everybody else um and so um with the rush and the anxiety it does tend to increase um the the vehicle accidents that occur on the roadway but in addition to that as well, we know that there are various um, events that are kept over the holiday mm -hmm. period. Um, we know that um, like staff Christmas parties, the Christmas holiday events that are kept. And so we find that there are also, unfortunately, a lot of um, persons driving while they're under the influence of alcohol as well. Um, speeding has always been a major factor in a lot of our more serious collisions and as well as the combination of speeding and drinking, um, mm -hmm. it is also an issue. So, um, it's various things. It's people not paying attention as well as people driving while they're on their phones, mm -hmm. um, or, you know, in other cases, um, ladies doing their makeup in traffic and not paying too close attention, mm -hmm. you know, on lunch break, eating and driving at the same time. It's just different things. Um, and so I guess the major message is just to make sure that 100% of your attention is, is being given to driving when you're on the roadway. Yes. And I mean, it's easy to get distracted. <laughs> I must say that there are so many things that are vying for your attention uh, when you're in a vehicle. You know, you kids, um, sometimes you've got a baby in the back seat. Um, you've got kids, you know, talking to you and you're talking to them. Uh, like you said, you know, getting a phone call, even when you're hands-free, I feel like mentally your mind is in that conversation. And yeah. sometimes I'll be driving, and I don't know if this happens to every driver, but I'm gonna own up to this. I'll be driving and I swear that if you said to me, okay, from, this point in Savannah to this point, what did you notice? How many cars did you see past you? What colors were they? I have no clue. Like it's so such an automated process as well. 
Yeah. Like I feel like my brain is just an autopilot mode and I'm not really taking in my surroundings. Because yeah. there are times I'm like, hmm, I know I got from point A to point B and I'm obviously driving, but I can't yeah. tell you nothing eventful happened. I can't really tell you much about the drive. Yeah. So um, for me, Miss Jody Ann, I think a good part of it is trying to be present in your yeah. driving experience. Absolutely. Like let that be your focus when you get behind the wheel. Absolutely. And that's important because um, we also need to learn to drive defensively. We can't just drive for ourselves. We have to think about the person who is also coming and isn't paying attention or is, you know, drunk. And you have, as you say, your children in the back, they're your precious cargo. So you have to make sure that you're giving 100% of your attention to your driving. That way um, you can drive defensively and look out for the other person when they're not doing it for you. Yeah, absolutely. I just like to add on to that um, quickly, if you don't mind. Um, we also have to remind, remember that the fact that we, the drivers, aren't the only ones on the road, and that we yes. tend to forget that there's other people using the road, such as um, bicyclists and pedestrians and people walking their dogs, and there is more activity on the road, especially on, um, say, on the West Bay Road on, on, on Seven Mile Corridor. Mm -hmm. Watch the speed limits and remember that people are on that road and they're walking along the sidewalk and the, the, the cognizant of the crosswalks that are coming across. Um, even if they're not blinking, be cognizant that people may start to cross the road. So you just got to be aware of your surroundings as well as just pay attention to what you are doing. Yes. And for those of you who don't know, uh, this is Miss Marion Pandui. She's from the National Roads Authority. Now, uh, Marion, you're actually a transportation planner. Yes, um, tell us a little bit about what that means. <laughs> well, that's a good question. Um, and so exactly what it means. I do a variety of things here at the National Roads Authority. My main focus is um, lately has been on road safety or trying to be on road safety. Actually, it's been for a while. We've, we've gone back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, since street skills actually started in, back in 2006, um, we had a, we had a, a number of um, young deaths that, that, that year. So um, that's when I first started my journey into to road into road safety. It's been an uphill battle. I will I will say that. Mm -hmm. um, and we and here at the NRA, we have tried to incorporate because we've been we've been told we just deal with roads. Well, we don't just deal with roads. We have been trying to incorporate other road users and within the roads to make them more safe for other road users, such as mm -hmm. just as pedestrians or bike. We try and put bike lanes in where we can, or um, and pedestrian crossings where we can. Mm -hmm. And that's my main focus here at the National Roads Authority. As of late, I do do a variety of other things as we all do at our jobs, but that's my main my main goal is to um, get the word out about road safety and try to incorporate it within our designs here at the National Roads Authority and work with the police in figuring out where we need to, to concentrate um, concentrate on. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, thank you very much for that. So let's watch a few um, videos. There are certain aspects, I feel, of driving in the Cayman Islands that are a little bit different and um, a little bit unique. So one of the things that causes some degree of confusion around about um, I think probably the biggest reason for that is a lot of people around the world have not actually had any practical experience in dealing with a roundabout. So, you know, I, I learned how to drive in the States when I was like 15, 16 years old, got my first driver's license there, um, you know, interstate driving, you know, 
good with changing lanes and all this other stuff, parallel parking, all this kind of stuff. But yeah. I don't recall um, really being introduced to roundabouts until I moved back to the Cayman Islands. And then I felt like everywhere I went, there was a roundabout. <laughs> and they can be a little bit confusing at times, especially when you have a multi-lane multi roundabout. So, you know, we always post here all the traffic accidents that happen every day. The top three spots, without a doubt, is the A.L. Thompson's roundabout. Kimana right. um, Bay has risen recently to probably be in the top rank. Um, a lot of accidents seem to be happening there. And then the Hurley's roundabout, I don't think as many accidents happen there, but I traverse that one every day and I see a lot of near misses. <laughs> so, let's watch a video, folks, about uh, three lane roundabouts and then maybe we could break it down a little bit further for our viewers on how, like what lane are you supposed to be in when you're going in this direction and that direction and how you really try to navigate the three lane roundabout a lot safer. So have a look at this video, folks. The Esterly Tibbetts Highway three lane roundabout is ready for drivers. It's time to make sure you know how to use it. First, know which exit you need to take. Pay attention to lane arrows and signs. Make sure you use your signal to change lanes or exit the roundabout. To turn left, you always approach in the left-hand lane and indicate left. To drive straight ahead, you need to be looking out for signs and road markings indicating which lane to use. Get in one of the lanes marked with a straight-through arrow. If turning right, you must use the right-hand lane and indicate accordingly. To use the roundabout safely, remember these three tips. Know your exit, pick your lane, and signal to make your turn. All right. Um, yay. Very yes, absolutely. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. So um, a little bit, no worries, a little bit tricky there. Um, even I feel like even that video isn't enough information. So let's break it down. Let, let's talk about the um, Hurley's roundabout, for example, right? So in the evenings, I always take South Sound Road and then I come off of South Sound Road. Now there is that um, sort of traffic control light that yeah. is there right before uh, we enter the Grand Harbor roundabout. Now, how effective has that been? Has that been working? Well, yes, it actually has been because actually it's a metering like for the evening traffic yes. um, to help the traffic coming from off of crew road to help yeah. them move a little bit quicker than the people. Because what, what had been happening was people from South Sound were, they had the right of way because they're on your right, mm -hmm. correct? So they had the right of way, but they are not actually the main road. That's not where all the, the um, main traffic is. The main traffic is actually coming from off crew road. So we were, the, the goal was to help for to stop that traffic for a few seconds to help the true road traffic to, to move through, just to help the roundabout work a little bit, a little bit better, because the the traffic was a little off, it's a little off balance. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, you know, I always try to pay attention when I'm there because obviously it tells you to stop, and then it gives you the amber light for you can um, proceed with caution. And once I come out of that, um, you always give, this is simple, on, in a roundabout, you should always give way to whatever's coming from your right. Are there any exceptions to that? Always give way to the right. 
That's the rule. Okay. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> coming from the right, of course, is um, traffic that especially in the evening hours is pretty free flowing and can be coming really fast at you. And I think sometimes yeah. they forget that coming into the roundabout, they should probably slow down because we, people, we actually have started a little, I'm starting a little campaign now where um, we have to remember that roundabouts are intersections. Um, people tend to forget that they're intersections and they tend to just drive through them like they're, they're part mm -hmm. of the, um, just a part of the lane, which they're actually yeah. not. Um, I actually put it to put something on our Facebook page um, the other day where we have to, you should, even if nothing's coming, you should actually slow down and pause. There is a give way sign um, there at the roundabout and it's, it's oh. what you should do. You need to give okay. way and then, and then go if nothing is coming, but it is an intersection and it needs to be treated as such. It's, it is a, the people are going to be coming from different directions and it needs to be treated as an intersection. If you pause, you need to go a little slower. It's not 40 miles an hour through the roundabout. Mm -hmm. more like 25. So you need mm -hmm. to you see, I never, I never knew that. I never knew that it was actually intersection. So it's that's an intersection. It's not, it's like, it's, well, the difference you have, you have different types of intersections. You have, right. you have the roundabout, you have signals, and you have your three-way, four-way stops. Um, mm -hmm. And what I just want to mention, what's nice about a roundabout in terms of a signal, and roundabouts, yes, you may have more accidents that we talked about mm -hmm. earlier, but none of them are major accidents. They're minor, right. they're minor accidents. Yeah. Hopefully Jody can back me up on this. Um, yes. Where they're just yes, kind of normal side swipes um, type accidents. Yes. Whereas mm -hmm. at an intersection, they're more T-bolts. So they're more major accidents. Mm -hmm. So what, that's what's an, that's another nice thing about a roundabout. Is there, there are more accidents maybe, but they're minor. So right. You do have to treat that, inter, that, that roundabout as an intersection. You are coming upon a, yeah. a change in change in geometry, change in direction. You have people coming from different different, mm -hmm. different ways. It's like a signal, but as it is around mm -hmm. Wow. So I've just found this on your um, yeah, that's not what we just started. To so I, like I said, this is news to me, and this is why oh, we do these sessions, because <laughs> I think we're all able to oh. learn something new. So I've been guilty of going through a roundabout at normal speed. Like I don't always, if no, I don't see no. anything coming, I'm like, oh, there's no need to slow down. But here you go. No need to slow down. A roundabout is actually considered down. an intersection and you should always reduce your speed on approach. Makes mm -hmm. sense. And it probably, um, you know, prevent 99% of the accidents that we do see happening. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's a good takeaway uh, from this morning's segment already. So, right. So I'm coming out of South Sound. I look to the traffic that is coming. Now that they know that, hopefully they'll pay attention and slow down a little bit. Uh, because sometimes it is literally hit the pedal as quickly as you can to get out in front of that vehicle that's coming from the Eastern districts just so that you can get into the roundabout. Mm -hmm. um, so now traffic that's coming from Crew Road, they have to give way to people coming mm -hmm. out of South Sound. Mm -hmm. But if I'm coming out of South Sound, should I be, and I see this all the time, and somehow my brain tells me that this is wrong and it's asking for trouble, but maybe in terms of the road rules, it's not a problem. I'm not sure. But should I ever take that first entrance into the Grand Harbor Plaza? To go all the way around? To go so, to the so no, if you're heading to come off and you're avoiding. Sound, That's fine. You know how I can go to the left? and go down by the pharmacy. Should yeah. I take that or is that an illegal move? No, that's fine. That's okay, but then it forces me to cross over 
Um, Cause you know, there's actually, there's three lanes there, right? So there's like that inside lane where the cones are at, um, which sometimes I take just to keep going straight. And then there's the two outer ones where I feel like I'm crossing over those. And sometimes people at, out of that. Uh, so so I think that the best rule is if you're exiting on the first lane. So when you're coming out of South Sound, the first yeah. thing would be to go back to crew road. So if you're going on the first lane or you're going on the second lane, the second lane would be the one going into Grand Harbor. Then you take the outermost lane. Right. But it, it's a short decision to make. Mm -hmm. So I well, feel like you know where you're going. You've already known where you're going before yeah. you approach the exit. No, I, I know, but I yeah. feel like other people may not yeah. know. So you should, you should have already decided where you're going yes. and what lane you need to be in in order to get to your destination. And remember yeah. that it's a roundabout. So if you didn't get um to where you were going or you didn't choose the right lane, just go you back go around. around it again. It's right. a roundabout. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I kind of feel like that, that one is really risky. The lanes while you're maneuvering on the roundabout because that's where the accidents happen. Um, yeah. When you don't so you choose your lane and lanes. then you try to switch. Yeah. You shouldn't switch lanes in a roundabout. No, Whoa. absolutely yeah. not. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I find I really feel like coming out of South Sound because you have such a short distance to like jettison over. Um, and there are people who are coming off of the two lanes out of Crew Road that start to encroach in the roundabout before you've cleared it. Yeah. So that's also a little bit of an this issue. Is where your, your indicators come in very handy. Yes. Um, <laughs> and you need to use them. Um, yeah. A lot of people don't tend to use their indicators. Um, mm -hmm. when, and we can't, people can't guess where you're going. You need right. to use your indicators, let them know where you're going. Because yes, the Grand Harbor roundabout is in an interim state. It is a little confusing. It might be confusing to some people. Yeah. So you need to know where you are going and use your indicator to show people where you are going. Mm -hmm. Very good point. Um, I Some months back, there was a, a trial in court, and they were talking about, and one of the detectives gave some evidence, and he said that, um, you know, they were, he was explaining how they kind of narrowed down when they first looked at some video footage, some CCTV footage, how they thought it was either a female driver driving the vehicle or a new driver. And one of the things he said is this person used their indicator a lot. So every time they were changing lanes, they were turning, they would use their indicator. And our experience has taught us that women tend to indicate more than men and new drivers who are still a bit uncertain about the roadway also tend to use their indicators a lot. So um, the takeaway from that is sometimes when you're a seasoned driver, you get lazy with a lot of the road rules. And like you ladies said, nobody can read your mind. We don't know what direction you're going if you don't indicate and tell people essentially what it is that you're intending to do. So we do have a few questions and comments from uh, our viewers. So Ms. Nona says, um, can you inquire as to what age children are permitted to be left in a car and at home, I have heard about people leaving their 11-year-olds, for instance, home alone, and I always wondered if this is illegal. What's the law pertaining to this as child safety is paramount? So um, not always specific to the roadways, but is there, um, are you, do you know, Jody? So, um, I don't know if I'm going to be correct in saying this, but I think that um, for every child, it'll be different. Mm -hmm. um, 
but and it's it's going to boil down to um what you as a parent um think is safe certainly i don't think um that a child under 12 years old should be left at home alone for an extended period of time um for hours for instance mm -hmm. um but um if you have a question um pertaining to that i think the best place to ask that question is um through the mass unit um they would be certainly more um able to advise you on that mm -hmm. and the number to call for that is six four nine six thousand right um, and but you should uh, probably never leave a child in a car like I, I feel like a car is such a different situation for yes, numerous reasons. Um, well it is against the law to leave your vehicle unattended mm -hmm. um running while unattended mm -hmm. um and a minor is not a caretaker for a vehicle they cannot drive right. a vehicle they cannot maneuver the vehicle in the event of an emergency mm -hmm. um so certainly not in a vehicle right um and you definitely don't want to leave your child um unattended in a vehicle that's turned off and the windows are yes. up and that kind of thing as well um for obvious reasons um the heat um can get overwhelming really quickly mm -hmm. um yeah. and you know uh, many years ago probably about maybe four or five years ago i actually didn't know that uh, you can't leave a running vehicle unattended <laughs> because I used to do it. And this is one of those bad habits that you learn sometimes. Yeah, it's a ticket, it's a ticket stuff, of right? offense. Um, yeah. But remember that when you leave your vehicles unattended, if somebody wants to steal your vehicle, they don't well, have to go very far to try to take <laughs> yes. it away. So um, you have the keys. But, you know, back, back in the too, day, so. Jody had, you didn't have that worry because I remember my dad, <laughs> this is one of those bad habits I picked up from him, right? Long time yeah. ago. He would always park, like, um, you guys know Mr. I think it was Mr. Larry's patty shop on the waterfront where the Dairy Queen yeah. and stuff is. is that, was that Mr. Larry? Or Mr. Thompson. Anyway, the patty shop was there. So he would go in there to grab a patty and whatever. And he would just leave the car running, come back. You know, he didn't really worry about people stealing cars then. That no longer is the case. But a lot of times he would just, if he was going in a shop or whatever, he'd just leave the car running, leave the AC on, you'd come back. The car was nice and cool. So you can't do it. And I didn't know that. And I used to have, um, on previous vehicles, I had this auto start mode where I could pre-start the vehicle and let it cool down before walking out to the car. It's like part of a car alarm system. And so I used to do that all the time. And one time an officer walked by my car and he said, is your car running? And I said, oh yeah, you know, I'm going to just leave it so it can cool down. And he said, but that's actually against the law. It's like you said, yeah. I've taken a offense. And I had no idea. I'm like, really? And mm -hmm. he said, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's important to know these things folks, so that you don't get a ticket. Uh, Carol says, that lunatics on the bypass out of the West Bay, out of West Bay every morning, speeding, tailgating, and overtaking. So, um, what do you do if you see a lunatic on the roadway? As Carol is saying here, do you call the police and report bad drivers? What's the proper protocol? Um, I think if you have a passenger, because we don't want anybody to be using their cell phones while they're driving. If you have a passenger, um, then you can ask that passenger to record that license plate number. Mm -hmm. um, you can call 911, especially if it's in traffic. It might be um, it might be reasonable to say that an officer coming in the opposite direction may be able to catch up with that vehicle and probably see what's happening. So if you call 911 and make that report to say that somebody's driving dangerously, 
recklessly on the roadways. Um, we could try to um, see if we can catch up and um, see if we can catch that person in mm -hmm. the act. Um, but if we don't, it's not a complete loss either. Um, even though traffic offenses are strict liability, meaning that it has to be in the view of the officer or somebody can give evidence in mm -hmm. order to um, prosecute. Um, even then, um, if we have the license plate number, um, we can find out who the person is. We can issue a warning to them to let them know that um, their driving behavior was so poor on the roadway that somebody thought that it was necessary to call the police and report how they were driving. And so um, that being said, that officer would also know that vehicle, know that license plate number, know that driver, and would be on the lookout for them again. So, right. Um, and if, dash cams. This yeah. is probably where dash cams are a really right. good investment. I feel like everyone should have a dash cam as well. Um, and we also, and if you do have a dash cam and your dash cam recorded that, um, you can also submit tips through our website mm -hmm. um, and through our mobile app. And you can submit those dash cam footage um, showing the driving behavior. Mm -hmm. And if you do decide that, you know, uh, it's worth you um, going the extra mile and providing evidence in order mm -hmm. for us to um, make a prosecution, then you can leave your name. Um, leave a contact detail and a traffic officer will come and take a statement from you to say that this was your dash cam footage um, and you're evidencing it um, and then we'll handle the matter that way. Yeah. I witnessed um, that same South Sound area. This was, um, I think, last year sometime. I actually witnessed a mother allowing a child coming from the west direction or east, sorry, and turning into, I forget what those condos are called, but they're very close by the light. Um, South Sound, oh God, I forget what they're called. Um, but you know, the ones that are right by the, the light that now stops you from going into the roundabout? Right. Sunrise, there's right. like several phases to them. So mm -hmm. she actually had a child sitting in her lap coming this direction, I was sitting in traffic. So I paused to let them turn. And then I saw the child sitting in her lap and like handling the steering wheel and allowing them to turn into the complex. So she was actually driving with the child on her lap. And I don't know at what point the journey started, but obviously that sort of behavior is extremely dangerous because heaven forbid you get in a car accident, a, car, a child who's not secured is bad enough, but a child who's actually sitting, a young child, I mean, like a toddler age, who is sitting on your lap in front of a steering wheel, should you get in a serious accident, um, could be easily killed. I know that um, a lot of these things are like cultural things that we grew up doing when we were younger so, uh, as well. But we have to remember that um, the roads are different from when we were younger. Um, people drive differently from when we were younger. The rules are different from when we were younger. And so um, we can't have the same expectations back in the day when we were growing up to now as well. Um, that is absolutely dangerous. It is absolutely a reckless um, reckless act on the roadway. And I would definitely encourage everyone to make sure that if they have children, uh, make sure that they're strapped in, in the back seat. Um, if they are young children, make sure that you have a car seat or a booster seat that is properly um, fixed in the vehicle and have your children um, 
strap in, have regular talks with your kids to make sure that they know what their rules are while you're driving. Um, no excessive noise, no moving around, no getting out the seatbelt. That's absolutely dangerous. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. That's good. And and um, to your point, PC Powery, letting children know early on what the rules are, believe it or not, they really acclimate themselves to that position. Um, you know, I remember with my, she's five years old now, but when she was a baby, it's always a fight to get her in that car seat and buckled up. Oh, she didn't like it. And she was always like pulling at it. And I just really remain steadfast. And, you know, you've got to, you've got to be buckled into your seatbelt, obviously, and make sure that it was nice and snug. And I remember that one day I'm just in the neighborhood. I was literally going, you know, a couple feet up the road and I put her in the back seat and I didn't buckle her in her car seat. She was in the car seat, but she wasn't buckled in. And she reminded me, oh, mommy, you haven't buckled me in. And I was like, yeah, children love to be helpful. Yeah. So if you, you know, <laughs> if you have the conversation in that way, um, like my son knows that um, drinking and driving is illegal and it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I can't even drink water while I'm driving because um, <laughs> drinking and driving is illegal. So, um, right. yeah, and they catch on really fast and mm -hmm. they want to be helpful. So um, yes. let's allow them to be. Yeah. My son is 13 um, years old and he um, I told him I was coming on the show this morning mm -hmm. and he reminded me to just talk about um, he was reminding me, by the way, to talk about drunk driving and speeding that there's two major things that we that need to be talked about over christmas, the christmas a 13 year old wow. 13, my 13 yeah. year old um Wonderful. I, so yeah. okay i will do that they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely paying attention so melanie says the slip road by hurley's roundabout to south sound is a total blind spot if you have a left-hand drive vehicle is that getting updated so the slip road is um Yes, I know where she's talking about. So right. it's when you're coming from the east and you have to pause because, again, you always give way to the right mm -hmm. um, for any additional traffic that's in that other lane yeah. also coming yeah. from the east because they could be turning into South Sound as well. So she's saying that it's a blind spot, especially if you have a left-hand drive vehicle. Right. Is there anything, any consideration about how? Now, I know that whole area is currently under construction. It's under construction. The, the road is getting widened at that location and the roundabout getting reconfigured right um, and there's discussions in regards to that slip lane whether you keep it or not so but if you do i because i have um i do i drive a toyota and went through the it's on the that far side i tend not not to use a slip lane mm -hmm. um i just go into the roundabout and go down um, right and skip it all together because my neck doesn't turn that far <laughs> to be honest yeah. so yeah. <laughs> um so i don't even to melanie's point it's definitely a blind spot it is it can be and i've had a, I, myself has had a couple accidents with that. yeah so Carol says that Hurley's roundabout was designed by somebody who's never driven. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let alone driven round a roundabout. And nobody merges. They just cut across. Uh, most drivers here would be in a serious accident within five minutes in the UK or stopped by the police. So um, Carol's a little bit more used to roundabouts, it sounds like. And she's, she's saying... saying a few things there, but... Um... Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, do, I do find that Hurley's roundabout... Um, always interesting to navigate for a couple of different reasons. So, um, but like you said, sometimes you get in it and you recognize and you just don't have enough time to make the maneuver that you want. So go around the roundabout and yeah. And then there are a lot of times that I will just go up further 
and then cross over into the second entrance into Grand Harbor as well, because it's just easier to do that. Yeah, um, Vanessa that. says, I think this was in relation to the, the question about children, that it's not illegal, but it's up to the parents. Um, not in the car, though, but at home. I guess you have to know um, potentially what trouble your kids could get into. But it's it's an interesting question about leaving kids at home at different ages, because there are so many things I feel like in a house that kids could get into um, that could be problematic. So I think parents should think carefully about leaving any child uh, probably unsupervised. So um, Anthony says, what trouble spots uh, are major accident prone areas that need change or improvements by NRA or the relevant agency. So uh, this is a question for um, Marion. Have you identified, Actually, um, you know, in, in my mind, I feel like I know them, <laughs> but of course you probably know them better based on statistically where accidents are happening. Well, that's an actually a question for both um, both of us, both of okay. me and ourselves. So we have we are work we have to work together on that one because they have the statistics and then we. Ah. Um, so okay, so we are actually we, we are working. Power, right? Do you know? Um, you might not have you know brought this information today, but do you could you name like the top five accident spots based on location? Like I feel like Al Thompson's is definitely in the top five. Um, yeah, L, the Al Thompson's, or is that the Butterfield? It's called the Butterfield Roundabout. The Butterfield right? Roundabout. It's not Al Thompson's, but it's the Butterfield Roundabout. Right. Um, the Butterfield Roundabout is definitely one of them. Um, surprisingly, the Roundabout um, on Crew Road by the airport fence, that one is also uh, has also been kind of um had uh, quite a few accidents yeah um i think that um the stoplight um yeah. by jake scott um is that shedden road and north sound road yes that yeah. one is very um accident prone as well mm -hmm. and um a lot of serious accidents um or collisions happen on the east west um Sorry, the Esterly Tibbets, the mm -hmm. Esterly Tibbets um, Highway, but I must say though, um, is that four? That's four. I think so. I think so yes. So um, let me think about another one. Um, Bobby Thompson stoplight is also has also been yeah, um, quite an issue over the years as well. And as you can see, that's like in the um, the highly populated Georgetown areas where there are a lot of cars on the road um at various times of the day that ro those roadways are never really empty um mm -hmm. and if you're talking about like lunchtime um nighttime uh morning commutes it's even worse mm -hmm. um but i must say though i don't necessarily think um that it is the roadway that's mm -hmm. causing the accidents yeah it's the driver um, <laughs> it's yeah it's just it's just Definitely. And it's very, very minor things. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of times, like just paying attention, not being on your phone. It's um, especially for the estrelative is those those ones happen um, like late at night um, mm -hmm. after persons have been drinking and they're speeding and they're racing. Yeah. A lot of racing goes on um, after persons have been drinking um, mm -hmm. because poor decisions are made during mm -hmm. that time um so i just feel like you know it's just us making better decisions and being more accountable for our actions um and just being safe uh, i feel like um passengers 
um, should be holding drivers accountable when you are in the vehicle. Make sure that you tell these drivers to slow down. If you're not going to be slowing down, then please let me out um, because I'm not going to yeah. tolerate you driving me in that way. Right. Um, that's a good, that's a really good point. Put a little bit yeah. of peer pressure on them. Can I add, can I add something a little sure. bit? Um, it, um, a few years back in about 2000, I think it was 2014, we have, uh, Yenere actually did, we did a road safety audit across mm -hmm. the islands. Um, and we did um, look at various locations that were, they did a, they did a video and they, they actually, we had the consultant come down and we actually did a, just a general audit throughout the island on the, on the major roads. And over the years, we've actually incorporated their, their, um, their, their suggestions. So you obviously would see it, have seen more guardrail come up mm -hmm. in certain locations and say in Baden Town where we've actually cleared the shoulder to have some clear zone. So that's a, it's a safety thing to have. So if the car does, you have a safe space to go and we have, we've done that in Baden Town area. There's some guardrail that's gone up out east as well and obviously the SLE Tibbets mm -hmm. used to have major head-on collisions right um, a while back if you remember but now with the median down the center that has more or less just that accident doesn't happen anymore the, the head-on collision if you remember it was a two-lane road and we always mm -hmm. had high-speed head-on collisions and mm -hmm. that doesn't happen anymore in that particular stretch of road so it, over the years we had it's not readily you can't readily see it, but you see small changes that have happened mm -hmm. in terms of more guardrail has come up on certain locations of the road. We've cleared for for um, for the for your shoulders, uh, even down on South Sound. Um, we've had made some provisions for for some clear zone for people to walk, yeah. um, etc. So you will see those come up across the island. That's where the major changes have come in mm -hmm. from the National Roads Authority as well. Not just providing bike lanes and things like that, but you'll see the the, the shoulders and the and the guardrail come up out east. That's what's happened out east mostly because in the out east right. it's a lot of it's a lot of straight roads and people tend to speed. Um, right. they're, they're clear, right? So they're yeah, that's a good point. Um, thank you so much, Anthony, for that question. Irvin says very interesting. Uh, Melinda says, "OMG, pet peeve signals, please." People literally cross lanes um, at the exit, and I always look out for those types of people. Cautious driving around. Those roundabouts, not everyone knows how to drive. Um, do you think that one of the contributing factors, I know you've said speed, drinking, um, you know, late at night when people are, you know, out for the day having a few drinks or whatever. Do you think one of the contributing factors in Cayman is that we have so many people, we have such a diverse population from all over the world and they sort of bring in their own um, cultural components to driving. So in some countries, being a crazy driver is probably a good thing. And you don't necessarily follow the road rules as you know well as other countries. Uh, there are some people who've never driven before, like they've lived in the country where they wouldn't have had access to vehicles. So this is actually their first time driving. So they're learning how to drive on the roadways. Do you think that that is also a contributing factor to some of that, the accidents? I think that it may be a contributing contributing factor but it shouldn't be mm -hmm. um and i'll tell you why when you um under the geneva um rule mm -hmm. yes certain countries can transfer their driver's license to the cayman islands however you are still required to do a written test in order to do that which means that you would have to get familiar mm -hmm. 
with our road rules, with our um, way of driving mm -hmm. um, before you actually get to transfer your driver's license. So I think that um, by ignoring those rules that you had to read in order to get a driver's license here mm -hmm. in the first place, is it's just ignore, it, you're just ignoring the rules. Mm -hmm. um, so it may be a factor, but it shouldn't right. be because you are aware, because you have to go through the rule book whether or not you are a new driver um who's getting your driver's license for the first time in the cayman islands or whether or not you were a driver from before you still have to go through the rule book in order to take our tests mm -hmm. interesting yeah. point yes all right um alinda also says i think the legal age is 14 but the officer said know your child's maturity and if you can if they can be left unsupervised some children like to get into mischief by personality. Tommy's joining us from the Bahamas. Good morning, Tommy. Uh, Tracy says uh, they should make it mandatory to get a license to have roundabouts as part of the driving, just like the driving test, just like driving in reverse and parking. I think it is a part is. of the driving it test. It is. You have to clear at least one roundabout in order to. Yeah. Well, the driver, the DVDL is, um, there's two roundabouts right there between them. Yeah. Um, yeah. You kind of have to get there. You have to go around at least one of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alice says that it needs to be a crossing outside of the Humane Society. Isn't there a crossing there already? No, ma'am. There isn't. Oh. There's no well, that's maybe there's a good idea. Come to... across multiple times. Yeah. yeah, that's probably a good suggestion. I don't know why I thought that there was, but yes. No, um, good morning, Ms. Joy, that. joining us from Texas. Uh, Marva says, "When I witnessed what I witnessed at one in the UK during my visit, is most major roundabouts in the UK, um, such as Hurley's, Kimada Bay, Butterfield, CTMH, and companies also have street lights to help pedestrians properly navigate on the roundabout. Ooh, that's adding a level of complexity that I probably <laughs> wouldn't recommend, but I don't know. Um, pedestrians on a roundabout, I guess it would force people to maybe slow down. Well, we actually, if you know." Um the C and B roundabout, we've tested that out, um, putting the pedestrian crossings at the roundabout. Um, the reason we did that one is, is okay because it's a slower, the slower roundabout, the, the roads coming into it are a bit slower. Um, so it actually, it seems to have worked and people do seem to um, uh, follow it um, pretty mm -hmm. well. So we actually have taken that step to look at the roundabout and see if it's about pedestrian crossings or, or these or overpasses. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Um, Alice, good morning. Hi, Miss Sue. Uh, Miss Alice says we need traffic lights and roundabouts. But I'm sure they'll jump them like the others. Is there such a thing as a traffic light in a roundabout? Yes, there is. If it's a, if the roundabout is the, the becomes off balance again, that's kind of what the metering light is on South Sound. And I think that's what she's talking about. All right, I've got the lawn guy outside. That's what that noise is, in case you guys are wondering. <laughs> I need to send them a little reminder, not before 9.30. All right, um, Carol says she's got another pet peeve. Carol's got a lot of pet peeves, y'all. Um, drivers going through red stoplights and turning, even though they can't get anywhere at a traffic light junction, therefore blocking traffic, when other lights turn green. Um, so she's saying that the Shedden Road, Jake Scott, um, intersection, for example, if you can't leave the junction, don't enter it. 
Yes. Yeah. So I see what she's saying. People actually blocking the junction, which you're not supposed yeah. to do. No. What also yeah. happens at that, and I think other round of, um, stoplights as well, is that um, when people are in the turning lane, um, in in the stoplights. So if they're turning left or right, um, and the light is green but the arrow isn't up, a lot of times people try to beat the vehicle ahead um, by turning left or right, um, depending on which light is up. And um, a lot of serious collisions happen that way where they misjudge the distance or the speed of the vehicle that's coming um, through the stoplight legally because it is their goal because they're on green. Even though you can turn left or right if the, if the light is on green, the road must be clear first. Um, so no trying to beat the vehicle that's coming ahead. If there is a vehicle, stay and wait. Um, until it's your turn or wait on the um, arrow light for your turn to go. Oh, it's sorry, I forgot to unmute myself, sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, Marva says that the orange cones and these roundabouts are confusing some drivers whereby they enter the area that they should not. Mm, I'd have to see that to see what the confusion is. But Rob, I'm not sure if Rob is joking here, but he says we need a multi-lean bridge on stilts across the north south. Uh, okay, Louis, thank you so much. Uh, he's joining us from Detroit. He says, what is required to be a driving instructor? I think it would be a game changer to teach young drivers to be responsible when they're behind the wheel. So there are a few driving companies, but is there any special requirement to get a license to be um, in the business of teaching others how to drive? I'm actually not sure. I'd have to speak with Mr. Dixon from the um, DVDL and see um, how that goes. But I want to say, though, um, quite a few of our traffic officers, our more experienced traffic officers, do go to um, a lot of the high schools sometimes and give like um, the older kids um, some driving advice and stuff like that for when they get out of school and they decide to go and have their license and so on. They do give like presentation to some of the children in schools um, just right. to keep them um, up to date on what's happening. Right. So Jared actually, um, I'm going to bring Jared back on screen. I kind of forgot about you for a second there, Jared. Sorry. <laughs> Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So Jared, you said that they have to take some sort of a driving test. Yes, they, ha they, have, they have to answer driving questions. Um, typically, I believe the question is about 30 to 35 for normal drivers that they have to take, but the instructors have to take about or answer at least 100 questions um, because that's just that's just how it is. I knew a driving instructor, um, Vincent Walters, used to be mm -hmm. with the RCPS. Oh, awesome. Yes, yes. I, I, guys, driving guys, if you want to be a qualified driver, take Vincent <laughs> Walters. Uh, I, I passed on my first try. Okay, very thorough. It sounds like. Yes. Very thorough. Um, so thank you for that uh, additional information. Uh, some people drive with bad minds, says Dawn. <laughs> so before you get behind the wheel, um, just clear your mind and drive with positivity. That's what Don seems to be suggesting. And of course, I'm sure that that would, would certainly help. Um, so Louis says, is it required to do a driving test to get a Cayman license as a visitor? No. 
Um, well, hmm. um, if you're coming for a week, um, if you're coming for a week, if you're staying for a week or two, I don't think that you're required to transfer your driver's license. Um, but if you're staying for an extended period, I think it's more than three months or more than six months, yes. then you will have to transfer your driver's license. And that means that you would have to take a test. Right. And uh, Tracy's suggesting maybe they should have to take a test because they get confused by roundabouts. And you know what, folks? Here in the Cayman Islands, we can still differentiate between a tourist vehicle and a non-tourist vehicle in terms of a rental, if they have a rental. So I always give them a little bit more leeway, you know, once I identify that it's a rental, give them put an extra couple cars between you, yeah. um, give them the right of way, definitely in a roundabout situation. Cause again, they may be unfamiliar with it. And a lot of times you can see based on the way that they're driving their unfamiliarity. So it makes sense to, again, not just be an offensive driver, but be a defensive driver and also exhibit a little bit of Cayman kind on the roadways. Like I've seen people um, pull off on the East West arterial, for example, tourists, and they get confused. And I pulled up and said, hey, do you need some help getting back on the main road? You know, this is where you go. And sometimes like, yeah, we were looking for Pedro Castle. And now we don't know where to go. So just a little bit of courtesy, I think, on the roadway could go a long way. We actually do give the uh, the brochure to the <laughs> rental car agencies as well. And mm -hmm. when I, I wish, wish sometimes uh, this is a shout out to them. If they, they run out to let us know um, and yes. we will give them more. Um, okay. for, for the um, for the for the drivers because a lot yeah. of drivers are from the U.S. So me being from the United States as well, the, the roundabouts were mm -hmm. pretty foreign. Um, we had traffic circles, but we didn't have we didn't have safe roundabouts. Okay, so deep blue sea says that's the problem. A written test is no substitute for the practical test. Studying for the sake of passing a test does not translate to safe and considered driving. It's time to stop the Geneva transfers. Mm. That's probably a political recommendation, Deep Lucy, above the pay grade of the young ladies here today. Uh, uh, yeah. I just want to, well, remember that if we stop the Geneva, it stops both ways. Um, it means that when our children go off to college um, in the UK mm -hmm. or in various other countries, they won't be able to transfer their driver's license as easily as well. It's another inconvenience for them um, on top of them being um, in a strange place, trying to get their lives together. Um, so good point. I do understand. Um, I do understand the frustration that comes with, um, poor driving habits. Um, especially as a police officer, I used to, um, do patrols. Um, and I've seen a lot of stuff, um, on the roadways. Uh, but we have to remember, um, to be courteous, to be kind to each other, um, to follow the road rules, um, and just to, I think, chill out just a little bit. Road rage um, definitely um, causes everything to look that much worse. Um, but we have had nine fatalities compared to nine last year as well. Mm. Um, and so... Um, Driving behavior is definitely serious and um, driving on the roadways is one of um, safety on the roadways is one of our top priorities um, mm -hmm. always. 
um, because we've always had the issue of um, fatalities on our roadways. So um, I do understand the frustration. Um, there is various points to it, though. So we have to be careful about the decisions that we make. Mm -hmm. We do have um, a WhatsApp viewer who sent in the following. Um, she says anonymous, but of course worth sharing. Um, I've left my son in the car at age two, sleeping while I took the groceries into the house. I don't know how long I was gone, but by the time I got back in the car, the car had cut off on its own. And when I returned, he was awake and crying hot and alone. I broke down, cradled him and cried and apologized and promised him mommy will never do it again. Mom, parents don't for no reason, depending on the age of the car, that car um, or any car can turn off on its own. This was the case here and it was my mother's old car that I had borrowed when I first moved back home. I know better, um, I knew better, but because of the situation, I thought we were safe. You're never too safe, it's wrong. Don't leave your young children in the car. So, wow, um, some really salient, um, you know, advice there. And I think that probably most mothers have had to do this because you, you're multitasking. Um, what I do uh, myself, because I have had to do this, is um, I actually just put it on the inside of the door and literally I'm looking at the car. So I'm not far away from the car. I'm not like going inside all the way to the kitchen. I'll initially drop all the groceries by the door, then unload my handbag, the baby, secure the car. And then I have to make another trip from the front door to the kitchen with the groceries. But yeah, very good point in that you just never know. I mean, it only takes a split second um, for something to go wrong. So Deep Blue Seas says the transfer of the licenses between the UK and Cayman is a separate agreement. So maybe we can look into that. Um, thank you, Deep Blue. Jared, what are your comments um, or questions for our guest today? Well, you know, I was looking at the statistics for 10, 11 years, and I noticed that um, our numbers have been going down. But, you know, in terms of motor vehicle accidents um, for 2020, we're looking at over 2,100. Um, I stand corrected, but this was from the rcips.ky website. I'm mm -hmm. very good. Um, and it could be lower. It could be lower. As the, the ladies said, you know, from NRE and RCIPS, one, we need to have grace. We need to be came and kind, but we need to be our brother's keeper. We need to look left, look right, look center, look behind, and mm. just take a, a breather, take a, you know, we don't need to be this stressed. I think it's a tense time for everyone. However, mm. for mm. the traffic fatalities, which I'm not really impressed about, um, even if it's one death, it's bad. It'd be better if it was zero. Um, I noticed in 2020, we had nine deaths and 2019, we had nine and um, 2018, we had eight and then it dips a bit. But, you know, the question that I have to the, the representatives here is what are we doing to mitigate the hot spots? Because I know we said, oh, yeah, we have hot spots, but I didn't really hear mm -hmm. anything about, OK, we're going to be putting in certain. Um, I, I don't know if it's possible to put any measure in. Yeah, with those hot well, spots I think Jody answered it. She said, I think we a little bit on that one. Well, uh, um, yeah. Yeah. The, the amber, are you talking about the amber light? At um, no, I was talking about when we did that road, we did that audit. We actually have, we from our standpoint, and we're working with the police on it, we're uh -huh. looking at the, the locations. And we've had, uh, say, put guardrail in certain locations and um, the, the, the clear zones on the on the um, on, on the major roads. For, okay. For, for pedestrians uh, and, and things like that. So we have, 
we in a more um present um thing as well jared i want to say that um we launched a operate a road safety operation back in june after um, we had two fatalities in the month of may um we launched operation quaker and with operation quaker we the aim was to try to um educate the public about road safety um about the um trends that we've been seeing on the roadways um the violations that we've been seeing um giving advice uh to the public on um how to avoid being in collisions um the main things being not to drink and drive um not to speed to reduce your speed especially at night especially when the roads are wet um to not drive distracted whether it be by talking to your passengers or by talking on the phone um or any other means of being distracted on the roadways because those are top three contenders for um vehicle collisions especially um fatal collisions um in the cayman islands um and operation quaker is now running alongside our operation winter guardian which is our holiday safety operation that we have um launched as of the first of the month um to back up the educational aspect of it we've also increased our enforcement so what we have been doing is we have been doing vehicular checkpoints increase and spontaneous vehicular checkpoints um especially on weekends at nights um in those hot spot areas a lot of times um to reduce the speed um of people coming on the roadways to get them to pay attention in those areas and um also to um reinforce the educational aspect of the um of the operation by enforcing um the things that we have been asking people to ensure that they do on the roadways um so so far this year even though last year we had um tw over 2100 this year it's over 2500 already um for collisions mm. um but in addition to that we've also issued over 3500 speeding tickets for the year mm. so already and so um we have been absolutely trying. We have been doing our best um, to try to reduce the number of collisions that have been taking place, um, especially the serious collisions by um, taking part in these um, operations, but also by partnering with the NRA. Currently, mm -hmm. the NRA's, um, their digital billboards are up. Um, with safety messages on the roadways, especially in those hotspot areas, um, with messages telling people not to drink and drive, to slow down. Um, we also partner with the National Drug Council. They're currently running their Arrive Alive campaign. And um, we partner with them as well to encourage people to use the Purple Ribbon Bus on um, Christmas Eve, um, New Year's Eve, um, but also for for instance, um, companies who are having Christmas parties to employ shuttle services for their uh -huh. staff um, so that they're not drinking and driving um, while partaking in those activities. So I know we're running out of time, but those are yeah. quite a bit of things that we have been trying to do um, throughout the year and every year 
to make sure that the roads are safe, but everyone has to also do their part mm -hmm. um, by being courteous, by following the rules, by not drinking and driving and not speaking. Mm -hmm. Especially this time of year, not the drinking and driving um, yeah. aspect. As the well, NRA, NRA is also, also a sponsor of the, uh, the 345 campaign. Well, um, as long as um, we have boots on the ground and people can see the boots on the ground, because mm -hmm. I think it's it's a image issue um, mm -hmm. for people. I, police can't be everywhere one no. but they shouldn't be everywhere but everyone needs to put their foot on the brake and relax and just you know mm -hmm. we don't need we don't need to be having unnecessary accidents and loss of life and i agree 100 percent with nra and rcps they're doing 100 percent excellent job as as they can and yeah okay jared thank you all right, folks, we are um, out of time. It goes by so quickly. So we'd like to um, thank our guests. Yeah, it went by fast. Uh, we'd like to thank our guests for coming on the program this morning, Miss um, Jody Ann Powery from the RCIPS. And we also had Miss Marianne Pandui from the National Roads Authority. They will not be strangers, folks, I promise you. Um, they'll be coming on on a regular basis because, of course, one of the ways in which to reinforce the messages of good driving habits, not drinking and driving, slowing down. And I mean, I learned something new today in terms of, you know, the intersection roundabouts being considered an intersection. So slow down as you go into a roundabout. There's so many little things I think that we can all benefit from both of these agencies when it comes to road traffic safety, the road rules, um, and just trying to be better, more engaged drivers. So they will definitely be joining us more in 2022 on the program. So thank you both for coming on. This was your first time on. I don't think it was too bad. It wasn't anything too stressful. And um, yes, we wish you both a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and Happy New Year. Thank you very much. Thank you. Same to you. Okay. Awesome, folks. So again, that's PC Powery and Ms. Marianne Pandui um, joining us from the RCAPS and the NRA, respectively. So again, ladies, thank you very, very much. Uh, Kimberly says, when will the Ministry of Infrastructure address the traffic situation in the Eastern Districts? We all know that extending the East-West Bypass will not help. As once motorists approach the Chrissy Tomlinson roundabout, everything will bottleneck again. Well, um, Kimberly, there will always be a point of bottlenecking because there's only so much land mass and so much roadways. So maybe what people really need to hear, which is a cold hard truth that nobody wants to hear, is that um, the one way to address the situation is the reduction of vehicles. And we should have this conversation soon about how many of you are willing to give up a vehicle in your household in order to have fewer vehicles on the streets. That's one way to address all of the traffic issues. Limit one vehicle per household. How many of us could survive with that? I could tell you for me, that would be extremely vehicle, extremely vehicle, extremely difficult to do because I have a completely different schedule um, than my husband who has to have his vehicle at work. And you know his job requires him sometimes to go meet with third party vendors and whatever, have meetings. And my job, I'm always on the road, up and down, all over the place. So public transportation wouldn't be entirely useful to me. It could get me to town, but once I go to town, I got like 10 stops to make. And you know, so the practicalities sometimes of sharing a vehicle in a, in a single household becomes very, very challenging. So those are the tough questions I think that we need to be asking and considering for ourselves as a community, 
what sacrifices are we willing to make and what sacrifices can we actually make as well. Okay, folks, um, I know some of you have sent some emails um, regarding the um, program, and I'll review some of those. I think some are more general um, comments. I've seen a few things come in. One is about um, a local store selling stuff overpriced. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe we can talk about that on tomorrow's program. Um, so, yes, we'll continue the conversation, folks. Tomorrow is Impact Wednesday. I don't have anybody confirmed from the PAC government yet, but we'll see who's coming on. Uh, we're going to be getting Christmas greetings from everyone, of course. Um, tis the season uh, to be merry. And um, big shout out again to David Ebanks. Today is his birthday. And we also want to um, play a couple of greetings. So Scranton, the Scranton community had their annual Christmas event this weekend. It was pared down compared to how it normally would be because of COVID restrictions, but it still gave people an opportunity in the community to come out and have a little meal. Big shout out, by the way, to Rotary. Rotary, I think it was Rotary Central. They were there and they were, um, they, I think, assisted with the donation and provision of the food. And they were serving the food and stuff as well. Woody Foster was there in his rotary shirt and others uh, working incredibly hard. Uh, so big shout out to them and thank you guys so much. And here is um, another video that we have in terms of pedestrian crosswalks and how to navigate those safely. And then I'll show you the Christmas greetings from the Scranton Christmas party this weekend. When approaching a pedestrian crossing, be alert to the possibility that pedestrians may wish to cross the road from either direction. If you see a person near the crossing, be prepared to come to a complete stop. Vehicles moving in either direction must stop until the pedestrian has crossed safely. All right, folks, so another road safety tip there about how to navigate a pedestrian crosswalk as drivers. You got to pay attention when people are coming into pedestrian crosswalk. All right, folks, Christmas greetings. Again, the Scranton community, I had the pleasure of stopping by there on Saturday. Just as I landed from, uh, came back, someone reminded me that their event was that evening. I missed the one for Windsor Park, unfortunately. But Windsor Park, what they did was, because they didn't want to have like a sit-down event because again, of the COVID situation, they ended up um, preparing plates of food and um, distributing the plates of food. So Scranton did theirs a little bit different, but it was a really nice evening. Merry Christmas. 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 Good night, K-Man, and good night, Georgetown Central. As you can tell, we're here enjoying the Christmas spirit with our seniors and our kids in the Central Scranton community. I just want to say a special Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody in the neighborhood. May God bless you and your families through this time of the year. Have you been procrastinating on your Christmas shopping? 
You'll have until December 17th to get all of Santa's packages to the AeroPost offices in Miami. AeroPost professional and dedicated staff are working around the clock to ensure your goods are in Cayman and available for pickup at your offices. Don't forget our industry-leading shopping and delivery portal keeps you in the know about the status of your packages at any given time. AeroPost, Christmas shopping and deliveries made easy. It's the season for big deals at Small Deals Outlet. Visit us for the latest gadgets, small electronics, phone cases, cables, and so much more. Small Deals Outlet specializes in all 2021 trending stocking stuffers like portable Wi-Fi routers, office desks and chairs, straightening hairbrushes, earbuds, and charging cables. Visit us today in the Thompson Building or conveniently order online at smalldealsoutlet.com and have it delivered to you. It's the season for big deals at Small Deals Outlet. Call 746 for more info. Ho, ho, ho. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Don't make it a blue Christmas by delaying on ordering your propane for that Cayman beef and turkey. Be like the three wise men who rode through the night and prepare for the 12 days of Christmas. Hark! Propane makes all the herald angels sing. Feliz Navidad! Contact Home Gas early for your Christmas propane order at 949-7474. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at caymanmarlroad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings.